You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 5, Episode 5. My guest today is Holly Herbig, also known as The Holly Marie, M-A-R-E-E. She is a spiritual teacher. She is a manifester. She has studied human design. You probably, at least many of you, have no idea what I'm talking about. But you will find out if you continue to listen. Stay tuned. Podcast Season 5, Episode 5. This is Mitch. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Holly Herbig. Before I get to Holly, let me just touch on a few things. Um, We're smack in the middle of Episode 5, which is um, kind of a solid run into Season 5. The interesting part is it is the dead of winter here in in New York. Um, I will be speaking to Holly today. Holly is in Australia where it is the dead of summer. So while we're freezing our our tails off here in New York, Holly's enjoying summer break in Australia. Um, You know, January in the eastern United States and and many other parts of the northern hemisphere, January is a tough time of year. You know, between the cold weather, the holidays are finished, no no more holiday breaks to look forward to except a day here and a day there. Um, Spring and summer are are months away. Um, Top it all off in the middle of the Omicron variant with covid which has many, many people getting sick and many people scared of getting sick. And it's really particularly challenging because I think many of us just got a taste of, of normalcy. Many of us you know, spent um, the summer and the fall getting over the COVID thing, getting outside, traveling, seeing friends. And it was almost like we had it for a split second and it was pulled away. You know, and you're trying to go into a new year, January, and you're trying to have New Year's resolutions or or ways to improve your life, and it seems like everything's working against us. Cold weather, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, cold weather, holidays over, COVID, Omicron variant, it's tough. What I would say is try to look at the positive. Try to be grateful for what you do have. There's always something to be grateful for. There's always a way to look at your relationships, your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, and to be empathetic towards them. And and being grateful for things, being grateful for what you have, and being empathetic towards others, and looking for small little things to be grateful for can really help, I've really helped, it's really helped me get through what is, is, or it's helping me get through, because I'm not done yet, but helping me get through a pretty tough time of year. So a couple of words of, of I'm not going to say wisdom, but a couple of sharings from Mitch as it relates to um, the cold, dark part of winter. Now, I mentioned Holly Marie. Holly is Australian. You'll notice that quickly from her accent. If you go on Holly's website, which, by the way, is called The Holly Marie, so that's T-H-E-H-O-L-L-Y-M-A-R-E-E.com, thehollymarie.com. If you go on the website and you start looking at what she does or what she is, you start reading things like human design, manifester, spiritual teacher, certified trauma-informed life and success coach, certified in human design, certified in breathwork, meditation, Reiki, 
EFT, hypnosis. I have to be honest with you. I looked at the, the, the website and I was like, I don't even think we're speaking the same language. I thought we spoke the same language in, in, in the US and in Australia. Like, what is she talking about? And honestly, I, I, I wasn't really inclined to reach out to her, but a combination of a very positive and, and uplifting message messages on, on Instagram. And I had a conversation with the person um, who works with me on the Meet Mediocrity podcast, uh, my my podcast manager, Vic, and we were talking about Holly, and, and we both kind of like, you know, she's got really positive messages. This stuff is, you know, spirit and, and understanding yourself. This is important stuff. And let's see what she has to say. We don't have to invite her on the podcast. Let's just have a conversation with her. So that's what we did. And honestly, what you're about to hear is a great conversation. Holly is very interesting. She's very down to earth. She's not, as she would say, she's not hoo-hoo. She's not hippie. She's very practical and pragmatic. And she's just really into understanding herself and helping other people understand themselves. So, and you will learn what a spiritual teacher, a manifester, human design, and all of these other things really mean. So, I'm not going to steal any more thunder. Without further delay, here's my conversation with Holly, Holly Marie, full name Holly Herbig. Thank you. Sorry about that. And um, here she is. Let's welcome Holly. So, Holly, thanks for being with me today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you because I um, ran across you on one of our mutual hangout spots, Instagram, (laughs) and it was pretty random, actually. I think you were, um, you and I had some fans in common and I was like, what's this Holly all about? And um, I started reading about you and I looked at your website and I saw things like spiritual teacher. I saw things like um, human design. I saw things like manifester. And I'm like, I don't think I understand it, but I think I want to. What are those labels? Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what is she all about? But but I reached out to you and you were so gracious and you were like, I'd, lo- I'd love to be on the podcast. I'd love to ha- just have a conversation with you. So here we are. So um, this is going to be great. Looking, looking forward to this. So maybe you can kind of start by telling us a little bit about you. You've got a lot of certifications. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I know a lot of people with a lot of certifications and I'm like, what the heck is that all about? You've arrived at this in a fairly interesting kind of journey. So why don't I leave an open floor a little bit for you to describe your journey and your certifications? Yeah, for sure. Well, I I was not always about spirituality at all. I think um, a lot of people that that meet me in person and a lot of people that work with me as clients realize I'm not I'm not actually floaty. I'm not hippie. I'm not, you know, I'm not like kind of up in the ethereal space. That's so funny. That was my first reaction when I spoke to you. I'm like, this is not what I expected. I expected exactly what you described. (laughs) You're not that. No, I'm very, um, I'm very practical. I'm very structured. I'm actually very grounded and and common sense. So um, every now and then, even to myself, when I kind of operate under this this banner or this descriptor of spiritual teacher, I think, wow, how did I end up calling myself that? How did <laughs> how did I land right. in this position? Um, I came from, I mean, really, really far back. I'm I'm Australian, obviously. And uh, in Australia, we're pretty we're pretty relaxed over here. I mean, we don't really dig much into like spirituality or wellness or alternative health. Where we're quite quite like you do you and just keep it in your backyard, and I'll do me. And we don't we don't really need to talk about our business with each other. So um, I, I also came from a religious background. I worked for the church for a long time. I grew up in a religious family and. Uh, eventually, when I left school, I went into medicine because I loved I loved the science and I loved that ability to connect with people. I worked as a surgical nurse for many, many years, and 
um, I really only left because I started having kids and it just became this like incongruous schedule, right? I really just couldn't kind of continue to give energy to young children as well as people at work who needed me. And, and, and Um, And God forbid, get a few hours sleep. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always say to people, you know, when my colleagues would ask like, why have you left nursing? Why are you never coming back? And I would say, it's just too much body fluid. It's too much body fluid. By the time I deal with my kids (laughs) and work. Exhausting. Exhausting. It's just too much. Physically and mentally and emotionally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that kind of pushed me really strangely down the path of business. I ended up um, working for a friend of a friend who just needed help in their business and and stayed on to become their business manager. And that took me down this whole trajectory of business that I had never, ever seen for myself. I realized that my ability to be both relational and analytical at the same time suited business so profoundly that I was really able to help other people bring their business into this place of success very quickly. Um, and of course, uh, over time, that meant I started saying, if I can do this for other people, surely I can do this for myself. Surely yep. I can, I can come to these same conclusions and earn money for myself rather than earn money for other people. Right. Um, so I did, I did buy my own business eventually after working for other people's businesses for a long time. I bought, um, a, it was a very, it was a cafe, but it was very, very big. It was a, 350 seat venue. We did um, events and retail and hospitality, seven day trade. It was it was a beast of a business. And you know, not to I don't want to take small chunks of life. I just want to dive in and jump right take in. everything right. <laughs> um, and we bought that out of liquidation. So it was what, a, what made you what made you move to that sort of business? Well, what drew you? I wanted the dynamics of it. I wanted something that just was not straightforward, wasn't run of the mill. I I really, I wanted the challenge because it was so enticing to me to not only enter into a business where there were a lot of things happening all the time, but also that had this really great possibility to become something amazing. You know, I'd been looking at starting other types of businesses or purchasing other types of businesses. And so many of them just seemed really boring to me because it was like, oh, I I can succeed at that and exchange money and make it good. But does that really keep me entertained? You know, I'm going to pause you there. And I didn't know this about you, but the reason I'm going to pause you there is I've never mentioned this on my podcast, but I'm going to mention it now. Almost a hundred episodes in and I haven't mentioned it. Um, there was a point in my life, the people who are very close to me know this, but most people don't, um, where I opened up an ice cream shop. And what? and 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 um I won't go into all the details of where and when and how, but but what I opened up an ice cream shop. I didn't stay in the business long for for personal reasons, not because of business reasons. Um, but what drew me to it was exactly what you just said. Mm. Challenging business and interesting dynamics, especially human dynamics, because there's dynamics with suppliers, there's dynamics with employees, there's dynamics with customers, and and, and those those multifaceted human dynamics is what attracted me, all all within the construct of a business challenge of making money. It sounds like that's very similar to what drew you because you seem like a person who's into people. I am. Yeah, I'm very into people. And I, I so agree. I loved, I love the aspect of always having to change, um, change hats and change communication styles and um, really that kind of on the spot assessment of what's the agenda in right. this relationship and how do I meet that so yeah. that so that we both succeed. And that was that was really intoxicating for a while. You know, that was just so juicy and new and fulfilling. Um, And the the business was a raging success. I mean, we were able to take that business from bankruptcy when we purchased it to a a multi-million dollar business within two years. Mm -hmm. But I, I personally struggled. By the end of that, I was 
exhausted. It was incredibly out of alignment. Looking looking back and now understanding a lot about energetics, I understand what drew me to it, but I also understand why it was destructive for me. Yeah. Um, and eventually my, my body just really couldn't hold up under it anymore. I, you know, had three young kids at home and I was working 90 hours a week and it was just constant go, 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 go. And it, it took me months and months to kind of rationalize that in my head and say, but the business is succeeding. Why don't I feel like I'm succeeding? Why am I not actually happy with this scenario? Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get to manifester in a minute, and now we and we know why now. But we're gonna come Correct. to that. Okay, keep going. This is great. Yeah, yeah. So leaving that, I mean, we we did eventually broker a deal with our investors to to hand the business back. I was quite sick by that point. I developed a heart condition, um, a stress related heart condition, which thankfully passed as soon as I left Thank goodness, the situation. Yep. Woo. Um, but you know, we, we created something magical and then we left with nothing, right? We left, we left with debt and I left with this really pervasive sense of, I created something successful, but I am a failure. I failed at that. And I, I really, really fell into an extraordinarily dark place with trying to understand who am I? If, if it's not, it wasn't an experience of I failed. It was an experience of I personally am a failure. I'm a failure. And you took it completely personally. And I completely understand because, because you're sitting there thinking, I took a business, I brought it out of bankruptcy. It's successful. And something, and, and I couldn't, it wasn't working for you. Like what's wrong yeah. with me? Well, what's wrong I, with me? Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Right. So, so what? So, so what happened? You've 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 risen from those uh, doldrums. I have. It feels like a very long time ago now, but it 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 took me really the process of of eighteen months to two years. I I kind of I tried to go back and work for other people. I had a couple of stints of working for others, and it never lasted for longer than a few months because once you've tasted being out on your own, it's very very challenging. Very hard. Yep. <laughs> to then be back under someone get that. else. Um, and it was through that time that, again, on reflection, I can now see that I really went through a huge spiritual awakening. I had this huge reckoning of who am I and what value do I have here? And if I have tried to uh, succeed in the world by all of these normal standards, I tried to you know, get qualifications. I had university degrees. I tried to succeed in career. I tried to succeed as a mother. I tried to succeed in business. And externally, all of those things looked like they'd succeeded, but I didn't have any sense of fulfillment over any of them. I didn't look back and say, gosh, that was exactly what I wanted the experience to be. I still had this state of, I'm here to do something completely different than this. And I haven't hit it yet. So where am I in my life and what is the purpose of all of this? Um, Which really led me down, I guess you'd call it the spirituality path. I mean, just diving into all of those strange and alternative and sometimes wonderful and sometimes not so wonderful places, Um, stepping out of the, the religious boat, stepping away from church, which was not answering a lot of my questions and yep. not giving me a lot of support. And um, it's hard to say that there was kind of one uh, one moment of clarity of, oh, you know, I've, I've found my spot here. But certainly when I stopped trying to do things the way that everybody else did them and uh, when I came into a place of, you know what, I'm never actually going to go back to work. I'm not going to go and work for other people. And I do want to do business, but I don't want to do it in the way that I've always known business to be done. Mm -hmm. And I want to understand myself and I'm just going to find whatever else is out there that teaches me all of the parts of myself. And I I still think years later, that's still the journey that I'm on, still finding new, new pockets and new corners of, well, this helps me see myself more or this helps me heal myself more. That... You don't know how much that I relate to what you're saying, because, you know, I have spent most of my professional career outside of the podcast in a field that is a socially accepted parents, parents, 
set it up um, or, or point parents pointed me in a direction, set some expectations for me, me being a people pleaser kind of went, went right for it. Um, used what, you know, relatively unconventional skills. Cause I'm in a very, um, in my professional career, I'm in a very left brained analytical business, but I'm a very, I'm much more of a right brained kind of creative and, and empathetic person able to use that right brain to my advantage. Took a while to figure it out. Um, but here I am now. I've been in my in my professional life uh, over thirty years, and I'm trying and I'm just now trying to figure out how can I take this kind of n- little bit of knowledge of myself, kind of like this right brain person in a left brain world. I've, I've done the best I could with that, but now like I'm at a point in my life where I want to go to the next level, mm-hmm. where I'm really taking the true me. And putting it to to use in my life, mm. and it sounds it sounds so. I'm relating very much to the story that you're telling. Um, so you decided you weren't going back to work. You decided that you were going to learn more about yourself and and, and get yourself kind of comfortable with yourself. How did you go about doing that? Why? Well, I- you know, there's always the money question. Like, how do you, if you're not going to go back to work, how do you survive? Yep. <laughs> how do you pay the mortgage and how do you pay for groceries? And so I, you know, I started business online because that seemed like the safest, easiest, also most interesting way mm-hmm. of doing things, right? Yep. There were no rules and there were no regulations. And um, I started out just teaching business, business okay. coaching, because business is what I knew. And it was really easy to impart that knowledge and impart that experience on people. And um, I, you know, I really initially I was very compartmentalized about that. It was very like, I'm here to teach business because that's valuable and there's a dollar exchange on that. And then I'm just going to do my personal spiritual and kind of healing journey in the background over right. here. You know, right. without I don't I don't need to mix and match the two and kind of you know, kind of like me going to work every day and meeting with my therapist once a week. Gotcha. Okay. Different worlds, different worlds. You know, and I was seeing a lot of people who were coming out as like spiritual business teachers or like, you know, mindset teachers and coaches and whatever. And, and I was like, Ooh, it's just too complicated. I mean, how do you, how do you show up and, and teach people or coach people through something that you're personally journeying through right. yourself? So you know, I really began with a lot of mindset work, really identifying that there were a number of, of social conditionings, a lot of social beliefs that I had about who I should be as a woman and who I should be as a mother and who I should be as a daughter and a businesswoman and all of those things that were then creating uh, experiences in my body that just really made me unwell, mm-hmm. right? I I'd had a long history of um, chronic illnesses of sort of, you know, dipping really far down, getting very sick, pulling myself back together, coming back up to stable, and then having that whole experience happen again and again and again. Um, and I wanted that, I wanted that to stop. I wanted that to not be my experience. I was tired of that being my story, even though that was really inspirational to other people. That mm-hmm. was really like, you know, oh, you succeeded and you, yeah. you, you know, you, so motivated and you charged past and you kept going with life. And I was like, look, I'm just sick all the time. I was going to say, it's a great story to hear, not a great story to live. It's a horrible story to live. And, you know, I, I, like I mentioned, I had managed to really move through that journey of that, that stress induced heart condition with the cafe. But um, years and years prior in my teen years, I had been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease of my liver which was meant to be a lifetime disease, right? I'd, I'd already sort of like pushed past the normal statistics and I lived long enough and I functioned and I had children, which a lot of people with the disease had not. But um, it, was a, it was a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. It was a clock. It was like eventually this thing is, is going to kill you. So you're living on this, this borrowed time. Yeah. And, and that's mostly where it started for me with my journey of I started to open myself to the possibility of if my body is responding to these things that my mind is telling it, then surely my mind can say that my body doesn't need this disease process 
anymore. And starting to, I mean, that's a very simplified watered down version, but um, starting to kind of pull apart all of the the pieces of woven fabric in that of how did this disease process happen and, um, you know, what narratives have I told myself to stay alive for this whole time and what do I feel about that and what do other people feel about that? And I think eventually that just opened, it opened a huge gateway of this is not just about my body. It's not just about my mind. This is, you know, we live in this huge, vast network of energy and complexity and alternative perspectives. And uh, over the years, that has really, really led me into this space of of energetics. Of Energetics, yep. Yeah, what what is energy and how do we understand that and how can we utilise that? So I would say, if anything, I'm really at a place now where I'm a student of energetics and I'm deeply fascinated by that. So tell me a little bit about energetics. I, I am a firm believer and I was, haven't always been this way, but you know, the old saying that you see, you know, in little, little memes on Instagram that say, you know, we're all connected. Mm. We, re- we really are all connected. Mm. Um, and and it, it, it's funny how before you really get it, you're like, what on earth are people saying? And then you get it. And you're like, of course. Right. Um <laughs> Tell me a little bit about energetics because when I when I listen when I hear the word energy I keep thinking about the interrelation between between people but I think it's even more than that. So why don't you give me a, a quick um lesson on what you mean by it? Yeah. I mean energy I, I we've attached this real woo-woo label to energy but it's it's not. I mean it's in its origins it's deeply scientific. This is um it's physics. So it comes from the understanding that everything is energy. Everything is an energetic ion. So it's a a magnetic subatomic particle, right? So human bodies are made up of these particles. The tree is made up of these particles. Grass, the desk that you're sitting at, the headphones that you're listening in, the air that you're breathing, the dog that's sitting next to you snoring, all of that, everything is is energy. It's all these particles that form together into material bodies that we then see as right. physical material things. Yep. And when we start to step into this space of realizing, oh, if everything is energy and everything has its own energetic frequency, right? Then all of these things that we can see and all of these things that we can't see are all are all operating on different frequencies. Right. Right? So then it becomes like radio waves. What's what's the frequency? Because I'm tapping into the frequency that I'm in, right? Because we know that um particles, subatomic particles attract like particles. So whatever frequency you're in, that's what you're magnetically attracting yeah. into your space. Yeah. Right? That's that's like the the overall view of what energetics are. Yep. So that makes sense. I think it made sense to Albert Einstein as well. <laughs> right? Yeah, he was very into it. Yep. Yep. So um, tell me a little bit about, you know, you use the term uh, energy and energy types when I when I interviewed you to do to do the podcast. And you talked about yourself being a manifester. Yeah. And I had, before speaking with you, heard the term, not really know what it meant. But apparently, um, it has to do with an energy type, and and you know the type, and and a per, and, and how that how that comes out in 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 people. So, can you give me a little bit of background about that? Because I love understanding why I am the way I am, and why other people are the way they are. Yeah. So, human design is a system of energetics, and the term manifester comes from the human design system and human design is something that I've been very very into for the last couple of years it's it's really curious to see how it's taken off a lot more in public spaces in the last couple of years so we're sort of now at this place where particularly from the commencement of 2020 really where where the whole world started to really crumble um, a lot of people became a lot more aware of human design and so often now when I speak to people They've had some 
some understanding of human design. They've heard the term before. Someone's mentioned it to them. They've seen it online. And that's really cool because in the human design system itself, it actually talks about how we're we're going through a seven-year energetic shift as a society commencing in 2020. That's a cool little like connection piece for me that seems to validate it for me. Uh But human design is a system was created back in the 80s by a guy whose name was Alan Krakenau, but he later renamed himself Ra Uruhu. And Ra felt that he downloaded the whole system of human design. I mean, that's up to speculation. Did he download it? Did he not download it? Who knows? The system came from somewhere. But the system itself is actually a combination of a number of different systems. So in and of itself, it's not original. It's actually a combination of um, very much kind of spirituality energetics and then the science energetics. So we've got astrology and chakras and I Ching and Kabbalah, but then on the science side, we've got quantum physics and biomechanics and epigenetics. So often when people run their human design for the first time, it looks so complex. It looks (laughs) so, so overwhelming. And the best place to start is with this top layer of human design that talks about energy types, that each of us is broken down into one of five energy types. So this is, it's really the only part of human design that's a bit more generalized. It's a bit more generic for people. You can put it it in a simple box. Absolutely. That's right. It gives us, it gives us a a gateway. It gives us an entry point. point. Yeah. Like I think I actually resonate with that. So what are the five energy types? So we have our generators who are the most dominant type in society. Generators are about 37% of society and they're the builders. The generators are like the doers. Yeah. They have this sort of constant physical energy that gets lit up by doing things, by Mm -hmm. completing things, by mastering things. Mm -hmm. So society largely is actually built for generators. A lot of these concepts that we have around, you know, the nine to five workday, the five-day work week, the, um, you know, routine of you go to bed at 10 p.m. and you wake up at 6 a.m. and you have energy for the day and you keep going, 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 and you go to the gym and you come home and, right, that's all that's all generator yep. because they can do that. Mm-hmm. That actually works really beautifully Makes sense. for them to do it, right? We then have the projectors who are 20% <laughs> or so, and the projectors, have very little energy, but they have incredibly intellectual minds. So they they have this sort of energetic quality where they can see things, they can penetrate stuff. So the projectors are the people who often end up as teachers, guides, politicians. Uh, Barack Obama was a a phenomenal projector um, because they have this quality where they can sort of come into your space and just see you see what's going on, see the complexities. They internalize all of that. They process it. They understand what's going right, what's going wrong, and they create answers mm-hmm. for people. Right? Makes sense. Yep. So projectors are phenomenal people to have yep. around, but they need a lot of naps because they just can't quite keep up with the generators. Yep. Right? Yep. Then we have the manifester energy type, which is what you'll see a lot of in my space. So manifestors are about 9% of society, we are the only energy type that has what we call a closed energy. So everybody else has this kind of open energy where they can interact with each other. Manifestors have this closed energy where we need to initiate new things. We need to start new things. And that's all we really want to do. That's that's like our, our drug is that we want to experience a new thing. We want to kind of bring something that we can sense or something that we can feel into reality. We initiate it. We birth it. We bring it to everyone else. And then we say, I'm done with that. Done with that. Yeah. That was fun. Right. And now, now I'm out. Now I need to go and have a rest because that was really tiring. Like bringing bringing a cafe out of bankruptcy, for example. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. We have, we have no energy and no desire to sustain things. Understood. Right to try and complete things, and I could see, and I could see why that's a misunderstood type of personality. 
Mm-hmm. I could see why you might misunderstand yourself if you're of that personality. Yeah. But I see how incredibly powerful it could be to be that personality and embrace it. Right. Uh, historically, manifestors were actually the people who were in leadership. So when we look back to yeah. kind of like, you know, several, several centuries and millennia ago, manifestors were the people who were the governing leaders, the governing bodies. Um, Ra Uruhu was a manifestor himself, which makes a lot of sense because he did this crazy thing and birthed this crazy system and then that was it. He was, it was finished. It was out. So the manifestors often have a lot of wounding and a lot of misalignment because we've spent our entire lives trying to sustain things, right? It's, it's really enigmatic, this quality that we have to kickstart things, to commence things. But socially, a lot of people only see that that's valuable if you can then sustain it and you can stick yeah. at it. And you know what? That's that's the manifesto personality. I've worked for people who are manifestors. There's one person who I'm thinking of who who is fitting fitting your your description to a T and very hard person to work for because they have phenomenal ideas, like visionary ideas. And 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 your your baby, you're you're maybe like just leaving the starting gate as it relates to bringing it to life, and they've moved on. <laughs> and you're like, but Sounds wait, like but wait, I'm trying to implement your idea. Like, can can you make sure that you're giving me guidance or direction? No, no, you got this. I'm on, I'm off. But 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 frankly, without the manifesto, we would have, would have never had the good idea to begin with. I mean, socially, that's the role that manifestors play, is that everything that has ever been created has originated with a manifesto somewhere. Yep. And the manifesto needs to learn that it's okay to let go. But it's equally important for the manifesto to learn informing that we need to tell people what's what's actually happening and what's going on rather than doing exactly what you just described. Like, look, here's the idea and that's it. Oh, I've 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 left. I'm down, I'm down another street right now because that's really threatening for people. That's really challenging for people around a manifesto. It's very unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number three. We then have our hybrid type, which is our manifesting generators, okay? So obviously a hybrid of the manifestors and the generators. And they're quite a big group. They're about 33%. So the generators and the manifesting generators together make up about 70% of society. So they're really the dominant experience for a lot of us. Manifesting generators are, I mean, they're, powerhouses they they have this ability to be wonderful or terrible right? because they have the, that kind of energetic quality of the generators where they can build and they can sustain and they got plenty of physical energy to show up for things day after day after day but they also have that quality of the manifester where they want to initiate new things and they want this freedom and they always want to be moving in a new direction. So when we put those together, our, our manifesting generators become the people who can multitask. They want to be juggling a lot of different things at the same time. And they sort of have this like blink and you'll miss it quality. I often refer to like manifesting generators as like, you know, when you see you see a, a like an empty block of land, perhaps there was, you know, an old house on it. And that gets knocked down. And for months and months, it just sort of sits there and it's just rubble. And you wonder who's purchased it and what are they going to, what are they going to do with that? You drive past it each morning on your morning commute. And then seemingly overnight, there's a whole new apartment block on there. And all of a sudden there's, there's, you know, 20 apartments sitting where there was once nothing. That's the manifesting generator. They just do this very very, very quick. They're always looking for shortcuts. They master a lot of things at the same time. And so with that ability, when they're in alignment, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. When they're out of alignment, they can be equally as destructive. So there are some really cool manifesting generators. I mean, Oprah is a manifesting generator, right? She has this ability to just uh, push through things and create new things, but do them very fast and do a lot of them yep. at once. So manifesting generators are really enigmatic. They're really, okay. really charming. A lot of people want to be around them, but they need to understand themselves <laughs> before I they like can that. actually get to that point. I yeah. like that. 
And then our final final type. Our final type are they're 1% of society. So it's very unusual that you'd ever know one. And they're called our reflectors. Reflectors are um, they're completely energetically open. They have they have none of their own energy and they operate like social sponges, right? So whatever environment they're in, whichever people they're surrounded by, whatever is happening in the world, our reflectors are absorbing it. They're deeply processing it over time and then they spit out wisdom, right? So we have some really cool reflectors historically. I mean, a lot of people who have um, been phenomenal spiritual teachers over time have been reflectors. I think it's a difficult time period for reflectors right now. I mean, we've Mm. gone through two years of really intense global change and crumbling and shifting and um so reflectors just they've had a tough couple of years yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're probably pretty tired right about now yeah. well i um this is this is really fascinating i'm going to do my own homework i put myself in the manifesting generator group but um uh-huh. but that but that's based upon your short lesson <laughs> um so holly Let's let's bring all this together. You are you've you've gone through this journey. You've become far more self-aware and self-appreciative. Now you're out there as a spiritual teacher. Tell me a little bit about, you know, if I were to go on your website, reach out to you and say, Holly, I'm looking for greater peace, greater understanding, greater kind of mind-body connection. Um, greater human experience. How can you help me? What would it feel like? How would you answer me? Oh gosh, what a question. I love that. I think that we are always searching for some sort of universal system or universal experience that says, this is the answer. This is the answer that you've been looking for, right? This is the purpose to your life. This is how you heal yourself. This is how you become successful, right? This is how you get rid of your money blocks. This is how you break out of your limiting beliefs, right? Insert whatever problem. No, no, no. Well, I'll take, I've got all of those problems. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. If you could solve all those for me, I'd gladly pay you. Just in one summed up little basket. Absolutely. No, but, Absolutely. You know, but, we, but we're, all, we're all struggling with, with various forms of those. Yes. Absolutely. And it's a really um, kind of socially ingrained behavior that we all have that we say, I have a problem. Something feels unsettled. And so I need to find the answer. There must be an answer, a single answer, right? The golden ticket, the golden egg that solves this for me. And so for most people that I work with, it's really about breaking down that narrative to start with that there is no single answer to anything. There's only the conversation that we have with ourselves. And and then that becomes the conversation that we have with other people, right? And it builds our relationships and it builds our social fabric. So Often, I mean, where where I started out when I first left business coaching and I came into spirituality and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go crazy. I'm just going to like let go of all of the structural stuff, come into this, this spiritual teaching space. And I initially really started working with people on getting that connection between their soul, that deep part of yourself that is saying something's not right something's not okay here we're not we're not experiencing what we need to be experiencing and then your mind and your body that come together in that so there's no there's no one size system that fits everyone there's no one answer and i mean that probably is in part why i i operate in a lot of different hats right and use a lot of different systems because i don't believe that one thing will give you all of it. I don't believe that human design will tell you everything that you need to know about yourself or that, um, you know, Reiki or life coaching or whatever it may be will tell you everything. I just think that they're open doorways that perhaps are the right fit for you to start the journey, to start the conversation. It's just about finding something that resonates 
in those first couple of minutes and says, yeah, I can see myself in that. That shows me more about myself. That gets me more in conversation with myself because inherently whatever struggle you're experiencing, you already have the multitude of answers to. You already know. It just sometimes it requires a system or a person to reflect that to you, to mirror that to you and say, here it is. You know, when you started this conversation by saying, you know, people are surprised that I'm not like some hippy dippy and I'm actually <laughs> quite I'm actually quite practical. Um, what you just described is incredibly practical. You you're um, you know, Holly, I'm on Instagram a lot um with my podcast, and I see so many people who are coaches and advisors and spiritual guides and you know. I haven't certainly haven't spoken to dozens of them, but I suspect a lot of them have gimmicks or tricks yeah. or they're complete hacks and just like speaking to people. What you just, what you just described to me is like a real sensible kind of Sherpa, someone who can kind of help you help, help me have a conversation with myself that would resonate with myself. Yeah. And using using a bunch of tools, and you have a bunch of certifications, but it's frankly the tools that come with them that that you just use to help guide those conversations. I love that. Oh, I don't know. You. I don't know whether I I don't know what I would like more. Would I like you to be my spiritual teacher, or would I like you to be my neighbor who I can have a regular <laughs> cup of coffee or a beer with? Because I, I, I either way, I think I would get a lot of a lot of great benefits from working with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's been. It's been a really beautiful journey for me uh, over the last couple of years in particular to dive deeper into, particularly into human design for myself, for my own journey to deepen that conversation with me um, and realising that I, I can just have this quality where I just activate other people. I can just initiate and be a catalyst for other people and um, I don't I don't need to coach people long-term. I don't need to teach people long-term. There's there's something about ownership over our own energetics, right? This kind of, this map that we came with. We came with an idea. We came with a purpose. We came with an agenda. I think that potentially out of many possibilities, the journey of life is just in uncovering all of that, uncovering everything that we came in with, right? Uh, we could be here for hundreds of different reasons, but I think that's possibly one of them. And so I think that the more experiences that we can have of, oh, this is me. I see this, this part of my map and I can just own that. I can just be that. And then when I'm done with that, I can discover another part of the map and move into ownership over that. That's that's not only powerful for ourselves. I mean, we're very we're very egocentric, right? We're very like, how does this work for me? Um, that's not only amazing for ourselves. That's amazing for everybody else around us, right? That's where our ability to communicate and relationally connect with people can can go through the roof and really kind of change people's lives. And um, you know, I love that you were speaking about how you've really utilized your ability to do that in your career to bring it value. To me, that already says you're outside the box. You're already, I mean, you probably are a manager. I am outside outside the box. (laughs) That I can tell you. (laughs) Right, right. And that's that's an an incredible quality. That's how we progress as humanity, right? Amazing. So um, quickly, Holly, tell me, tell us how we can find you. Tell tell us how, tell my listeners how they can find you. Yeah, so I like you. I'm mostly on Instagram. It's kind of my my more favorite platform to hang out on. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at the Holly Marie. Uh, my website is theHollyMarie.com. I largely specialize in manifestors, the human design type manifestors, but um, I am a manifestor, so I never stick at one thing particularly long. <laughs> you would you would spend always. some you would spend some time with a manifesting generator if he asked you to. <laughs> I would. Okay. Yes, good. I would. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I do a lot of different things, but my, my agenda is just about bringing people into that conversation with self to sort of stop, stop that rat race of, you don't need to keep chasing something else. You just, you just need to talk to you. And if I can help you do that, then my job is done. Love it. 
Love it. Holly, thank you so much. I'm really excited to have met you. You've not heard the last of me. <laughs> thank you. It's great to meet you. And the fact and the fact that you um, are, are on the other side of the planet Earth, all good. I uh, love speaking to Australians. I do on a regular basis. We're so, pretty um, great. We are, we're pretty lovable. You're, yeah. you're pretty lovable. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, more to come on this. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a true joy. I take care. So there you have it. That was a really great conversation and frankly, very informative. And, you know, it's really funny when she described herself as a manifester and someone who, you know, had basically taken a business out of bankruptcy and made it successful and then kind of lost interest in it. And I, I worked for, well, several people, but one person in particular, I won't name her name, um, I actually recently connected with her on LinkedIn um, after many years, but she was what I would call a manifester. Um, it's funny because I certainly know others who are manifestors, but this one woman in particular who I used to work for, I would not have known how to describe her. I would have said big thinker, um, all about ideas, not about execution. Um, I sometimes thought she just like suffered from ADD, um, but actually, this conversation helped me put that person and others in context. The energy, the excitement around the idea generation, around the the liftoff and launch of an idea, and then the ready to, readiness to move on to the next idea is actually a thing. And frankly, we can't as a society, we can't as a team, whether it's a, a sports team or a team of colleagues or you know a team at work, to be a successful team, having a manifester is an enormously beneficial and enormously um, important role to have on your team because there's the idea person, there's the energy person, there's the person who's going to give you the momentum to lift off. It's kind of like a rocket ship. Once the rocket ship is up in the air, the booster kind of the booster thing kind of falls off the rocket. The rocket keeps going. That's what the manifestor is. That's what Holly is. And um, frankly, it helps me, which is what I like to do, appreciate other manifestors for what they bring to a good challenge. So Anyway, thank you, Holly, for that great conversation. Thank you, listeners, for for listening to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast Season 5, Episode 5. Many more episodes in the can. Season 5 is now rolling. Until next time. Oh, by the way, please continue to um, work hard through the summer months, as I suggested at the beginning of this podcast. Sorry, did I say summer months? Work hard at staying positive through the winter months, at least here in the here in the northern hemisphere. And um, until next time, please continue to stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive, and stay well. I'll leave it at that. Take care, everyone. 